Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Thank you, Father, for blessing us so much, Lord, with your wisdom, your words, your revelations um, to prepare people for the the uh, warfare that's going on out there and the enemies. Thank you so much, Lord, that we are being prepared to bring the church into revelation of their enemies and what to do about them. Thank you so much, Lord. Amen. All right, we're going to continue with uh, Faction Cannot Prevail, number nine. And this is a word from the Lord. I'm repeating it one time here because it's so important that people understand that God wants us to do this. This is Debbie Finsky, 629-23. I want to share a word Jesus shared with me as I was sitting before him, praying and just waiting on him. And I heard him speak a couple of thoughts to me. After writing down the second thought, uh, Jesus just kept speaking this encouraging word. Uh, many, so many who have in the past been a part of UBM are beginning now to understand the evil. This is the Lord speaking. And the dangers of faction. The truth that they are receiving from me is instilling a holy fear within them. And this is why I rise up in David, my servant, and moving within him to keep talking and warning about this. It has been imperative for him to do so, for faction is a disease killing many. So many who have not understood this are now finally listening and repenting. And many will return to my ministry of UBM to receive truth once again. For they are aware of the great deadness of their spiritual womb. My truth and a holy fear of me will produce life in them once again. My servant David must not stop speaking about these things, for I will have my way which is revealing to all I have chosen the true condition of their hearts. My truth will break out again like a wildfire through the mouth of my servant, for my holy anointing will not leave him, and my anointed chosen will soon be revealed, and many, many blind eyes will be opened, and the deaf ears will hear. Hearts will be healed, and they will rush under the presence of my anointing and will grow and will with much joy and spiritual vigor produce much fruit which will come forth from my life within them. My provision in every way will flow once again. Press in and I will give abundant blessings. Receive them now as you press into me. 
that I may make them manifested to you. For my spirit is moving, stirring hearts to come back to me and my anointing. They are coming back to the truth. Trust me and wait on me and you will see soon the outpouring of my spirit and my great supply of provision for my people as the unleavened bread continues to go forth from my anointed and spoken forth from all who have received and believe and are walking the unleavened walk. The time is set for my life uh, received to pour out forth uh, from you a flowing stream of life. Remain faithful, humble, and pure. I have not and will not fail of any of my good promises to my unleavened bread ministry. Before I got on the Zoom meeting, I prayed that God would somehow, some way, confirm this word, and I believe that He did through some of the verses that were shared that morning. Deb Horton's scripture that she shared was Jeremiah 32, 6-15. The confirming verse is the second part of verse 15. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord, quote-unquote. I also felt confirmation was received in verse 15 of her scripture verses. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards will again be brought in this land. And Shay shared Philippians 4, 19 through 23, verses 19 and 20. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father, glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, all glory belongs to you. Thank you, faithful Father, for delivering and rescuing those who you will from the evil faction and opening the eyes of those who just could not see to receive the awful truth about faction and so gave up and set aside your truth. Well, thank you for your blessings, uh, and those are about to abundantly bestow upon UBM and uh, for your faithfulness to all, all over the world who are faithful to you in giving out the unleavened truth of your word. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to start with, I'm going to share some things here. We're going to call this first one, Satanist Abuse of Young Women. First, I want to say that we have pretty well used uh, language in the following to make sure, make as sure as possible not to arouse any individual. But any who would like to opt out can do so at this time. Uh, The information is important. Because Satanist uh, depravity against Christians is becoming rampant. Satanists astral project themselves to rape young women or otherwise control them. And then they can have uh, perverse thoughts uh, that they never had before. They can com- in other words, this is a complaint they have the next morning uh, from these rapes is these things. And I'm going to put a link here that's pretty important. 
Satanists uh, rape their own children to impart perverse spirits to them by injection so they can take advantage of them and also impart their evil gifts to them. One of the local Satanists, young girl, who was very Christian when we knew her and actually opposed her father's faction when he started it, said, Papa, don't do this, was now seen to be a boy with very short hair, plus mannerism and dress. And this is clearly bisexuality, and historically Satanists impart this and other evils by incest spirits. The father had a very long ponytail and uh, kind of sickly looking now, very different in a very short time. The curse is obviously taking its toll on him. Um, I'm convinced that the local Satanists who focus on us as their main hatred uh, under Kevin C. Ray, R-E-A, are astral projecting themselves into two to three of our young women to have sex with them at night without their knowledge. Uh, from research, I discovered that this is a common with Satanists, and more than one Satanist can do this at a time. The women often awake with symptoms of pain in their vagina area. I am not sure of any other places, but this is common with satanic nighttime rapes. Also, incubus demons uh, molest women, but I do not think that they are needed in astral projection cases by Satanists. Um, these are all from the same devil. We can cast incubus out. You can do it yourself. If This is a molesting demon that actually comes upon them. Usually they know it, but they can't do anything about it. And bind any molestation by Satanists in the name of Jesus. If you're having any problems like this, bind it in the name of Jesus. You have authority to do that. Just believe it. Jesus said, I give you authority to, to bind and loose. Whatsoever you bind and loose on earth is bound and loose in heaven. So just believe it and do it. So, and there's a link here, demonic sexual abuse. Okay. So, this is excerpts I'm going to share from um, the young female body as a site of demonic sexual abuse. The case of Christians in charismatic Pentecostal churches in Durban, South Africa, by Vivian Beesom Ojong. <coughs> Ten young girls were interviewed for the study drawn from three churches in Durban, South Africa. <clears throat> the article exposes how young women under such forms of abuse have been silent until now and the alienation they suffer as a result of their experiences. And these are uh, excerpts we're going to be using, okay? Um, and here's an introduction. The young female body is uh, beginning to draw attention within the Pentecostal charismatic circles through the process of deliverance. And I'm telling you, people are using that, you know, to gain notoriety and things like that. And it sh shouldn't happen. Okay. So these bodies are being perceived and represented differently through the local churches, the young women themselves and the media. 
This is from Turner's 2004 seven one concept of embodiment increases understanding of the subject matter because it talks about the body as a life process that requires learning techniques practices which give a body its place in everyday life for young girls with little experience in life it is a bit challenging for them to separate what happens uh, to their bodies and how they view their bodies and are viewed in society. <clears throat> Viewing the body from a phenomenological uh, perspective. Merleau-Ponty, 1962, describes the body as a province of meaning. I'm going to get away from a lot of this theological stuff and get down to practical in just a minute. Through the concept of embodiment, that's what they do, the paper examines how young women view their bodies after demonic sexual activity. The realm of religion and sexuality is one which fueled with conservative and traditional values within the Pentecostal charismatic circles, sexual relations between demons and humans are an essential part of their belief and practice. Well, of course, the people who don't believe in casting out demons and don't believe in receiving the Holy Spirit and don't believe in being discerning by the Holy Spirit and gifted through the Holy Spirit to deliver people, these are not doing any good for their people. And on the other hand, you got the, some of the charismatics that are just trying to make a big thing out of it to build their churches. So through the Pentecostal charismatic churches, the female body is portrayed as a site of active demonic sexual activities and exorcism uh, and as one trapped in secrecy and shame. The aim of this research was to explore the meanings and explanations that young women gave to their experiences of sexual abuse of demons and, of course, the people who used the demons and the interpretations that they give to public display of the process of exercising these demons from their bodies. Since little or no research has been done on the experiences of such women, it is exploratory in nature. Well, it's becoming very common, uh, these um, sexual cults, these um, demonic, uh, satanist, Sexual cults are spreading all over the country. Um, designed to understand general meanings the women gave to their experiences instead of sticking to the taken-for-granted definitions of sexual abuse, I relied on specific explanations given to me by the women in my sample. These understandings were then mirrored around the other existing forms of sexual abuse and forms of violence against women. Several key questions were asked. What are the different forms of demonic sexual abuse? How do the young women know that they have been sexually abused? Are they able to narrate these experiences to friends, families, or pastors? What avenues exist for women sexually abused by demons? How do the women feel about aspects of their private lives being displayed openly in public? 
of course, we're not doing that. We're, you know, obviously not going to try to make any money off of this or anything like that or make any fame off of this. Uh, are they able to exercise agency? Do the Pentecostal charismatic pastors take advantage of the women's situation for church growth? I can imagine that they do, considering the nature of a lot of these people. How can the feminist movement contribute to the empowerment of such women? From the different churches I have been ministering deliverance to young women, I was able to utilize a sample of ten young women who were willing to explain and talk about their experiences. The data was gathered through in-depth interviews with ten women over a period of twelve months. These women fell within the ages of 13 to 21 years. Obviously, the Satanists pick the young, pretty girls. We know that. We've seen them target them when we have our Friday meetings, when they, people join us uh, by camera. Uh, we know that the Lord has told us that the Satanists come in there and they throw uh, curses against us, and we do our binding um, in the name of Jesus. So these young girls are, are caught between telling their stories and keeping quiet. By the women maintaining silence and not narrating their experiences may be construed as entirely an individual matter. But from a feminist perspective, women's continuous abuse lay in the ability of the abusers to stay hidden and to keep the women quiet about their suffering. Well, we know where it's coming from, and we're going to reveal it. We're not going to be quiet about who's done this, and uh, and on and on. These young women have, on a whole, maintained silence about their experiences of sexual abuse for fear of further cultural and religious images being depicted as some sorts of evil themselves. From the different interviews conducted, I can tell you that that ain't the case. You know, the women are, are being taken advantage of by a bunch of Satanists, demonic-filled Satanists who have nothing but lust. From the different interviews conducted, it was clear that most of them were willing and anxious to get help, but at the same time had remained silent about their suffering. Seven out of the ten women had become very reserved and withdrawn, even within the context of the church. As a result of their abuse, while the other three have become overly uh, outwardly spoken, these behaviors, to me, seem to have been shaped as coping mechanisms in response to their abuse. Three of the women said that they had decided to distance themselves from the rest of the women by either having no friends in Christian circles or coming late to church and leaving early uh, to avoid any communication with people. And whenever they found themselves in group meetings, they remained quiet throughout. These may be seen as some form of dysfunctionality, but actually these are means through which these girls survive sexual abuse on a daily basis. 
It ain't supposed to be, folks. If, if, if somebody knows something about casting out demons and binding the devil, it's not supposed to be a daily basis. This is a, somebody that's studying this, right? Okay. But they obviously aren't filled with the Holy Spirit and understand that you're supposed to do something about this. In order to get these young women to speak to me about the unspeakable experiences of their lives, I had to apply empathy. When I first decided to conduct research of this nature on women who were sexually abused by demons, and I might add, by Satanists who uh, use the demons or are used by the demons, okay? They, they haven't quite come to that point yet, but they will, okay? My main aim was to highlight their experiences and bring their suffering to the fore in a critical manner. So, in other words, what you can learn from what these um, young women say is is valuable, and what you can do about it is valuable, and you can understand that you can help them, and you don't have to go public and all that stuff, you know. Now, what we're doing this for is so that people know where the blame comes from, you know, know who is it that's doing this, and it's common and it's spreading. You might recognize from our teachings on who is the beast, who is the Antichrist beast, that the common man on the street is becoming more and more beastly uh, through the temptations that are thrown at them, especially from Satanists. They tempt you. They do it in the middle of the night. You don't know where it's coming from. They tempt you. But from what I have researched, it's actually Satanists using demons to do this for their own lusts in some cases. But incubus demons don't need Satanists to do this. They do it alone. Okay. And also the demon of Asmodeus uh, uh, called a spirit husband. This demon uh, poses through Satanists as though he is a husband. Okay. So God has also revealed uh, is part of the raping of the women and making them supernaturally attracted to him. So this Asmodeus demon, that's what he does. He makes them supernaturally attracted to him. Uh, Kevin uses this on the women. Makes them supernaturally attracted to him. There is nothing about Kevin that's attractive. Even uh, one of our women that he's been raping because he filled her with um, faction and witchcraft and then used these spirits, lust, lust spirits, to make them attracted to him. The same person wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole when she had a right mind. Not a chance. She understood that this guy was a Nasty pervert. And so do all of our women in our church understand that from the testimonies of the women who had dreams and revelations about him and saw him trying to lust after our women constantly. Okay, so I'm going to go on. (laughs) Uh, This is used by the Satanists to rape women. The author here also goes into the abuse of pastors trying to get notoriety with their deliverances and possible other abuses by them. Yeah. 
So sexual abuse of women by demons is not a new phenomenon, going back to our article here, but also not very clear within the Christian circles. During the deliverance of these evil spirits, different voices are heard. Mm-hmm. We know that. And the young woman's voice and the voice of the Pentecostal and the voice of the demon speaking through the women. Okay. So obviously they made recordings and we know this too. And we've done exercising uh, demons from people that they speak out of them and give their names and so on and so forth. What appears to be uh, strange about the two voices heard from the woman is that she has no recollection of the demonic voice that speaks through her. I've seen that happen many times. They know their voice, but they have no recollection of what the demon just did through them uh, and actions that they do uh, through them. They don't reco- recollect it. Okay, so to her Embarrassment after each deliverance session, the young woman is told by those who attended the church services or those who watched the church services through live television broadcasts. So they're told what they did and what the demons said out of them. So, see, we're, we're being more neutral, you know, in this regard, obviously. Being a church minister, I have come to the understanding that this sexual demonic abuse of women is fast becoming a social religious problem and warrants academic attention. As I moved from interviewing one young woman to another gathering their stories, I realized that these women's sexuality is being damaged as a result of continuous abuse and they are struggling dealing with sexual relations with men. Yes, it does damage them for men uh, later on. They have a fear, and uh, they don't have the, the right relationship of a wife to a husband. As one of the young women narrated, whenever a man approaches me and tells me that he loves me, I see the face of the demon. So this is uh, a sister's name here. 21 years old, and here's uh, another one, 18 years old, explained that whenever she is approached by a man for a romantic relationship, she develops a fear that he may violate her body the same way the male demon does. Or um, At this point, this person does not recognize that these are men invading them through astral projection using demons. They have not understood that yet. Okay. The experiences of this woman here, 22 years, explains how dehumanized young women feel about these abuses. When I was 13 years old, I woke up one night and thought that I had peed on the bed. And when I properly examined myself, I it felt like someone poured prepared jungle oats on my private part. So well, as we will see, this is the Satanists doing their usual thing, not necessarily with the jungle oats and everything, but they just do whatever pervert things come to their mind. They do that with one another. They do it with their children. They do it with young women. Satanists are Satan. Yes. 
After one month, it became a weekly event, and I began seeing faces of men, but was unable in most instances to even shout for help or raise my hand until the person leaves me. So she sees the men, and a lot of times that eventually happens. They actually see the men. This continued until I turned 21 years. This demon started showing himself to me and claiming, I am his wife. There it is. I don't know how he enters my room, and he is very rude and harsh. He does not discuss anything with me. He only comes and has sex with me. There is something about him. Whenever he comes, I am unable to speak, shout, or run away. Since I turned 21, he ensures that I see him before he will leave me. Hmm. Here's another one, 19 years old. Feels that she is used as a sex tool by multiple demons. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, men. Every night from when I turned 15 years, I have been waking up every morning angry because some short, dark men have sex with me. They come straight for sex at night and leave the next morning. And when it is nighttime, they come again. What is strange is that one handsome demon came twice, but it's a handsome demon? There's no such thing as a handsome demon. This is this is a man. They came twice, but I could not see him clearly. And when I looked at him, and sometimes I see different men some some I recognize because they come often. These men don't exist in my community. Uh, I, I see them only when they come to sleep with me. And I do not recognize most of them. There was a time that I asked one who pretended to be nice to me where he came from. And he said that he lives under the sea. I've heard this before. Uh, that I am his wife. Sometimes when I pray, I will be able to refuse to have sex with them. See, prayer helps. Uh, actually, exercising your authority over them will work if you know that. They think they believe, and they believe they can make you believe that they have authority over you. Not if you are a Christian. Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Believe it. Act on it. Be bold. Speak it. Sometimes, even if I did not sleep with a man, I will wake up in the morning angry because I will have the feeling that something was in my private part. As a, a result of these assaults, something in me hates men. Well, this is this is true. It's true of incest that uh, the women uh, are, when they get married, they have this problem of a hatred of men that has to be cast out. I feel like I should be with a woman who cannot hurt me. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is uh, bisexuality. Because some of the, a lot of the Satanists that do this are bisexuals. And they are planting, uh, injecting, uh, bisexual spirits into women, and these should be cast out immediately. Okay. Many of the men who do this 
to the women, I, this is me speaking, um, are bisexual, and they're imparting these demons. I remember when I was 15 years old, I had a, a dream whereby I was handed to a man in some sort of a wedding ceremony. I can boldly say is among those who come and have sex with me. In other words, this is somebody she recognizes. Okay. At this point, she turned and started weeping, asking me whether there is something in her that attracts these spirits. She said that early this year, in January, she was walking and came face to face with the one she thinks married her. Immediately she saw him. He smiled and disappeared before she could even think of what to do. Since then, she explained that he has been appearing in my bedroom. Well, this is most likely a Satanist who astral projects themselves to and in the women. I will open my door and find him sitting and waiting for me. I cannot run away. I feel helpless, and I have, been, I have attempted suicide twice by taking overdose of sleeping pills, but it did not work. So here's a testimony of a sister in Christ. I'll share it. Being the age of about four years old is the youngest I can remember when I was a child, demons or unclean spirits, whether they were human or just demons, I am unsure, but they would come to me, especially when I was alone in my room at night and also attack me when I was physically asleep. I remember as a child that they would appear to me as a cartoon character or a character from a toy or doll or sometimes to do with children's things. The Lord did a lot of deliverance with me relating to demons that entered me as a child through children's films, children's uh, music, toys, and dolls. The origin of dolls was for voodoo and witchcraft, and there are many demons in them. I believe because as a child I trusted and was comfortable with these things, demons would disguise themselves as that. These demons or spirits in disguise would trick me into having sex with them, and it was probably almost nightly. As I got a little older, my new demons came, and some of them would threaten to kill me if I didn't give in to them. They promised to protect me from the other spirits if I let them do what they wanted. These sexual things were not just spiritual, but also manifested in physical things, and I would experience the physical feelings and sensation and soreness and smell, etc. There's that soreness again. Other demons would disguise themselves as a person that I had a crush on, which caused me to easily submit in this way. But mostly I remember as I got older, most of these spirits used fear and threats of death or torture, unless I let them do what they wanted. And this was, by the way, in a time when she was not a Christian. 
Because this had been a normal thing since I was about four, sexual sin was normal to me, which I fell into around the age of seven. And this was so normal that I didn't understand that it wasn't normal until after God woke me up to my to himself. There you go. Praise God. And when I had just turned 18, I was drugged by a couple that were involved with witchcraft, Satanism, and snuff porn. That's the dangerous ones because they like to kill you after they do you, right? Uh, let me say that our Satanists are killing people. They are. Any witnesses, they tried to kill them. I had no knowledge of what had happened to me until I woke up in the morning uh, lying naked in their bed. I had no memory for the past 12 hours. They told me of the physical, satanic, abusive things that they did to me, but I had no memory of any of it, probably because uh, of the drugs. The lady in the relationship was pregnant at the time. Yes, that's all they do. When I was 19 and traveling in the USA, I met a man and some of his friends, and I stayed with him at his hotel for a while. He had an extreme amount of money, and he wasn't very old. He told me it was from uh, getting Bitcoin before it went big and all money he had. He had to get uh, from a crypto machine. I guess we got along because we had an extreme amount in common. I did know uh, Jesus at the time. Uh, excuse me, I did not know Jesus at the time. But one night, God supernaturally opened the spiritual realm for me, and he showed me that this man was involved in human trafficking. He would get the women and take them to a specific place, and he would hand them over to the next line of people, and he would get paid. I saw this was all true, and this was what this man's original intentions were for me. I was in extreme sin and didn't care if I lived or died. I didn't care about myself, so I kept staying with this man, even though I knew of the evil that he was involved in. I did not have much knowledge of human trafficking at that time. But I was interested to know uh, more about it, so I asked him about it. He freaked out for a while and was worried that I was with the FBI or a spy or something. But after a little, he could see I wasn't with the FBI, and we were like friends with a lot in common, had similar personalities and desires in life, both in love with drugs and were both new we both knew the truth about conspiracy theories, etc. I pretended to be interested in what he did, and he opened up about it. The hotel and some of the hotel workers were where he was staying were involved with the human trafficking. This was a high-class hotel very close to an airport in California, and this man would basically get women usually young women that were from overseas and traveling alone, and take them to a party. 
There, uh, they would be drugged and given to the next person involved. Or sometimes they would trick the women to travel overseas, commonly to Brazil, uh, with them where they would get kidnapped once they arrived. This man was just the front-line guy that would find the women, lure them to a place where the next person would take them, and he would get paid usually between 15000 to $25,000, depending on what the women looked like and her age and virginity, etc. I found out long after this experience that the traffickers work and get paid in Bitcoin, etc. Let me say something about our Satanists. They are traffickers. They don't use drugs they use demons to dumb the woman down and give them the the demons that are necessary to make them want them, okay? Uh, and uh, they also put lust demons in them, okay? And they do this to take advantage of them and so that they will want to do it. It is rape because it's not the original mind that was there. It's a demonic mind put there by the Satanist himself, like Kevin and Eddie. Yes. In my ignorance, I kept staying with this guy for a while, but then, after God allowed another significant event not related to this, I left safely all by God's grace. Amen. After learning of God's existence and my own will to follow Jesus, I wanted nothing to do with sexual sin in my mind or with my physical body. So when these spirits would try to attack me sexually when I was awake, I would reject it and lean on Jesus, and they would flee after making many threats to hurt me. Yeah, they can make a lot of threats, but they don't have authority unless you give it to them. If you give in to fear... They can take you, okay? But you have authority over them. Lean on Jesus, like she said. Uh, Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. But they continued to attack me while I was in my sleep state, and they would disguise as my ex-boyfriend and do some bewitchment on me where I had no control or thought. Other times they would paralyze me physically where I couldn't move, and they would sometimes sit on my chest or lie on my body and were so strong that I was unable to physically move, and I could only think of Jesus. They could now only attack me at night when I fell asleep, and this would happen frequently. The only Christians I knew at the time Uh, thought I was crazy. Well, you know what kind of Christians they are. They're not biblical Christians. They're apostates. As they didn't have any understanding of the spiritual realm. They don't. Everything is not supernatural to them. They throw out the supernatural. They're just a dead religion like every other religion out there. I recall one time when I was physically asleep, but I was awake. I was like rolled away doing constant underwater somersaults in this underwater kingdom. I knew this was real. It was not just a dream. And I knew that I was underwater. In this place, there were many creatures that were half human and half sea creatures. 
Well, you know, in demonic realms, when you see some of these creatures, that's the way they are. And I saw them having sex with actual humans. Whether they were awake or asleep, I don't know, but it was so real. I saw where these creatures would do strong spells and enchantments on these humans that would force them to not resist but to give in to having sex with these creatures. Later I learned that the marine kingdom is real and the biggest Satanist kingdom on earth. It's underwater where humans gather with demons and do evil rituals. And the marine spirits are responsible for all the sexual depravity in the world. They are the ones seducing people and giving them lust. They control and are manipulating them in sexual sins. After I got married, the attacks became less frequent. And when they did occur, when I was asleep, I would either recognize that the spirit in front of me was trying to seduce me, and I would reject it, or I would wake up immediately unharmed. Sometimes it would paralyze me, and I couldn't physically move or do anything until it left. Other times when I was asleep, the spirit would disguise itself as my husband, being all innocent, and uh, use some enchantment to make me attracted to it and make me desire sex. Because I really thought it was my husband, I would give in to it, and I would wake up and realize it was a demon, and I would have physical pain in my vagina. There it is again. That's like the attacks on some of our sisters by the Satanists. And sometimes other symptoms. Yeah. And especially in your thought life. They're, they're injecting spirits in you to make you more pliable to them, is what they do. That's what Kevin does. And he keeps on doing it keeps because he keeps you know, pumping these demons in. When asleep, these spirits, whether they are humans or just demons, will disguise as someone or something that we desire. They know our weak spots and they know what attracts us. Now, when they attack me, they would disguise as my husband. And there have been times when I'm asleep that I literally see my husband and I, I lying in bed at the exact same time one of these spirits is also there. Okay. The feelings to have sex would be so real as if some, being physical awake. And then I would just wake up and realize that I was being tricked by an unclean spirit again. These spirits also use enchantments or spells to make us feel physical and spiritual pleasure to make us to un make us unable to resist them. Sometimes the witchcraft enchantment spell thing is so strong it just takes over your whole body and it's so real and hard to resist. Many times after something like this has happened, the next day I have gross thoughts that I've never had before. And if you have any, anybody that has this problem, before you go to bed, bind the demons in these Satanists. Bind the Satanists. Forbid them to approach you 
In Jesus' name. From my experience, once a sexual act takes place with any of these spirits, even while asleep, a covenant with them is made, and they have legal right, and they think that they are your husband or wife, etc. Or at least they want to convince you of that, I would say. So they are given more control. Since finding God, they have tried many times to convince me that they are my friend by disguising as something familiar and trying to trick me to think I want them because they have been there such a long time. But they are all liars, like their father. And all of the Satanists are liars, like their father. And they're all fornicators. Let me say, again, they're all fornicators. And they all want to take advantage of people and uh, rule over people. Satanists cannot stop trying to make people do what they want. And if you don't do what they want, they get mad. Yeah. Or they threaten. Uh, Kevin did that after... I don't know, five different people had dreams of him molesting them. Yes. Um, uh, and one husband and wife who had the same thing the same night that he had molested the wife. And we know it's true because he was trying to befriend them with his seductions. Right? So, this is what they do. And, of course, they fall deeper and deeper into perversion and deeper and deeper into Satanism until they don't care that you call them Satanists because they're proud of it. But we only want to and have covenant with Jesus. So I have renounced all these spirit spouses and unclean spirits. I want nothing to do with them. I don't want their lies or seduction or witchcraft or enchantments or spells. They all must stop and cease in Jesus' name. See, that's the kind of knowledge you're supposed to have and faith that you're supposed to have. And thank you, Father, for blessing all of us that we can and can and will be aware of what is really going on when we are physically sleeping. And that you are for always making it known unto us when it's a demon disguising as our husband or another person. Thank you for only holy experiences when we are physically asleep and awake. And thank you that you have made us clean by the blood of Jesus. And all praise and glory and honor to you, Holy One, now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> okay, another experience that's important and uh, some of you have read sunshine daughter of sacrifice and uh, we have a little summarization of uh, parts and excerpts from that it's on our site it's a book our site was the first place that book was placed because a lot of people rejected the mother of sunshine and uh, but now it's out there and um, so uh, there's a link here. You can go and read it if you want. Teresa, the mother of sunshine, learned the following about James and Helen in her investigation and research of her daughter Sunshine's death. This was a snuff 
thing. And whether they were making a film out of it or not, you know, to make money off of it, it's a possibility because it's mentioned later on. The two Satanists, James and Helen, put an ad in the newspaper for employment to lure Sunshine to them for an interview. They hired her immediately for a job position in their home. They knew she was a Christian, and she confessed this to them up front. They both had hatred for Christians. So they can act very sweet. Uh, Kevin and uh, Eddie can act very sweet, but behind them is the devil. Okay. James was born to a very wealthy family in the East and raised with the best of everything. After being educated in private schools and graduating from West Point, he served as an officer in the military. He has a highly charismatic personality, warm and outgoing. <laughs> At least that's what the persona that he wants to be out there anyway. He dresses well and appears to have everything going for him. Helen's grandparents were from Haiti. Oh, that's a real demonic background there in, in much of the country. She was raised in the Midwest by her grandmother, tall, thin, and elegant. She managed to raise herself to respectability by her appearance. She claims her uncle is an attorney in this city. She is very straightforward uh, projecting an authoritative and intimidating persona. As mentioned, Helen is of Haitian descent. She had not only taken up some of their traditions of the occult, uh, but incorporated some of her own. Two hundred years ago, some Haitians made a pact with Satan in the third week of August. And now, during that week, their commitment was reaffirmed by the offering of human sacrifices. Yes, they do. Helen told Teresa that she and James would be greatly elevated in power and be given 50,000 souls to rule over because of their sacrifice of sunshine. The sacrifice of a Christian is supposed to increase their power especially. Well, how she told this to Teresa, we'll find out a little bit later, okay? You think, what? Yeah, well, just hold on to that, okay? Teresa learned through her own research in Sunshine's case how James and Helen controlled and manipulated the police. They do this because they know they're going to end up in trouble and they want to get out of it, right? They do this. They know this. This is their practice, they manipulate the police and the judicial system and any witnesses uh, to continue to get away with all their satanic crimes. She no longer trusted the police. There were too many discrepancies in the stories that they had given her. Yes, of course, that was a problem that she was having. There were Satanists. See, once they uh, trap them in a bad predicament and sometimes take pictures and things like that, they control them. And they don't dare not submit to them. She was not comfortable contacting the detective again. She was told by him that Helen was dead, 
but learned from two women who knew Helen that she was alive. They told her of Helen and James's involvement in Sunshine's death. They said they knew beyond a doubt that Helen and James had murdered Sunshine, that Helen had admitted it, or more exactly, she bragged about it to them, about what they did before and after. Isn't that disgusting? These are beyond human here. These are now demons. <laughs> it was plain enough that they were frightened of Helen, and when asked if they'd told the police, their response was, We weren't asked. Teresa had found these two women in five minutes and three phone calls, yet the detective hadn't managed to get in touch with them. No, they don't want to have anything to do with it. They told Teresa that the police wouldn't arrest Helen and James. Helen told them this herself. The, this is me now. So the Satanists bind the police with witchcraft and fear so that they will get away with it. And uh, that's why it's better to go to God, as Teresa found out, let me say. And the angels told us. We asked if we should report some of this. They said, we can do a much better job. <laughs> and that is the truth. And you'll find that out by reading this. And this is why it's better to go to God, because his angels have authority over witchcraft and murder and the sexual things that they always do to their victims. Okay, back to the report. Then they told her about Helen's involvement in Satanism and witchcraft. Uh, quote, she's real powerful, unquote, they said. Somehow Helen had convinced them that she had great and mighty powers, and you could see it when they spoke of her. They were certainly afraid of her. Quote, we're not her friends anymore. We only know her, unquote, they said. Teresa went to the information counter at the police station and gave the woman the number of Sunshine's case and asked where she might go to get the transcript of the original police report. She was told that the record number was a child support case, not a homicide number. See, they do everything to confuse the issue. She was told to go to homicide and was able to get the correct case number from the woman there. Here she learned that James had been in the system several times with many arrests and the charges dropped for one reason or another. It's through witchcraft. She then went to the deputy in charge of records was able to look at the file and found very little information in it. There were no transcripts of a court hearing, nothing but a few copies of subpoenas and letter from an investigator on behalf of James's attorney. When inquiring about the detective's findings, she was told those files were with the sheriff's office and she would not be able to obtain them because it's a murder case and still open. So they come up with excuse after excuse after excuse, right? She could not trust anyone at the police station. 
That's obvious. So go to God and prayer and faith. Teresa contacted an old friend who had lived there for many years who knew a lot of people in high places and low, uh, asking him to see if he could find out anything about Helen, James, the detective, and the judge from the hearing. He got back to her about her inquiry with a warning. He told her, that an old friend of his, a retired deputy sheriff, knew enough about the case to ask him to tell Teresa to drop it. He said her life would be in danger if she continued, not necessarily by James and Helen, but others. Yes, of course, because the Satanists, um, again, people are trapped into this. They don't realize that they are tempting them with lust to get into something that's going to bring them totally into Satanism. Uh, And many cops are drawn away by lust, tempted by these Satanists with uh, sexual favors and so on and so forth. And um, they know they can't escape because they're known. He went on to explain a scenario to make her understand. Okay, let's say there's this businessman who, for many reasons, uh, be they financial or he's on some kind of power kick, decides to benefit himself. He buys or operates a brothel or a massage parlor or whatever you want to call it, but it boils down to one thing. He has women who do sexual favors for money. Okay, now this businessman throws a party at some exclusive club, hotel, his home or wherever, and invites as many influential people as he can. Ah, chances are it's taken him some time to build up this rapport with them, but nevertheless he invites these influential people Some of them might be police, lawyers, or maybe even a judge or a congressman. You know, people who can make a difference to any kind of situation this guy might find himself in. Okay, so this is a real-life scenario here, you know. Now, at this big party, he has these girls give his influential friends any and every kind of sexual favor they can dream up with their sick, devious minds. And unbeknownst to these influential friends, the businessman is taking all kinds of pictures of them in compromising positions. Then guess what? If this businessman were ever to get into any kind of trouble, All he'd have to do is tell one of his influential friends about the pictures he happened to take at his party. Are you beginning to understand, Teresa? Teresa says, of course I do. James and Helen keep getting off because they blackmail whoever they have to with these smut pictures, right? Yes, she was right. So they did this to Sunshine, and it was a snuff video. She wrote that six Satanists 
brutally tortured her while performing their chantings and rituals using her blood um, as Satanists do for hours until they were interrupted by a vehicle showing up and they all fled the place leaving her there. Let me tell you, Satanists never do this kind of a thing without sexual assaults. Because that's a big thing to them. And it's a big thing to Satan. They want uh, um, demons to be imparted. She was just barely alive and still reciting Psalm 23. He answered, You've got it now. Can you see how much danger you're in? You can't trust anyone because you never know whether one that you go to might have been a photoed friend. This they do with the police, the judges, the politicians. This is me now. It's it's Epstein Island all over again. Yes, uh, CIA, um, Israel uh, were using Epstein Island to take politicians in and get pictures of them so they controlled them. So they controlled our politicians. They have taken over the nation in this way. The children of God cult sent a pretty woman to seduce me, but they totally failed because I was full of God. And they did this to men that they wanted to capture. The faction sent one woman that they had captured to me, uh, either the faction or the faction spirits in the woman, because she did get captured by that, uh, which was another failure, because she was making all kinds of little comments, you know, and things, and I just ignored her or walked away. And uh, by the grace of God, I had no interest whatsoever in these slimy creatures. Uh, let me say, anybody that gets caught in faction, they're going to have a lust problem. And they're in, and if they stay there just a little bit longer, they're going to have a perversion problem. Yeah. We've warned you and warned you about this, and I pray it's sinking in. Teresa wanted to find out why James and Helen murdered Sunshine and was able to contact a woman who was listed in the police report. She agreed to talk with her, and her story correlated point for point with what she had already been told by Tinker, Helen, the two women, and with what the autopsy indicated. Okay. Teresa wrote letters home telling Sissy and another dear friend all the details of what she had found just in case something did happen to her. And I tried to contact her, and um, I can't contact her anymore. And uh, Because we were the first people to put their book on our site to get it out there. And uh, she has disappeared. Then they'd have some idea why and possibly even who. She remembered a conversation with the detective a long time ago 
when he told her that there were some pictures of sunshine in his file and that she could have them later. She called and was told that she was allowed to come and get them, but when she arrived, the property sergeant told her that he had looked all through the homicide files and couldn't find the one for Sunshine's murder. Of course. He said that it was was nowhere in the homicide department, and he would go to the archives across town to look for her file, thinking it must have been transferred there. However, the next day, when they spoke again, he told her that the file was nowhere to be found. After he looked through all of the archives under every possible number, he confirmed to her that everything pertaining to the case, all the evidence, all the statements, all the confessions would be in the file. Teresa asked if new evidence were obtained, could the case be reopened? And the sergeant told her, It's like it never happened. There is no case. To reopen, it's all lost. And the moment after Teresa had hung up the phone with the sergeant, God said to her, It's finished. You can go home now. The Lord had instructed Teresa to pray for Helen and to pray specifically that she would confess. Do you know God can make somebody like that, some real low life like that, confess? Yes, He can. <laughs> Helen eventually called her. The following is Teresa's account of their conversation. About ten minutes later, the phone rang again, and I ran and answered it. Hello? Again, the question. Sunshine's mother? Question mark. Yes, it is. Please talk to me. Please don't hang up this time. Please talk to me. She paused a long time and then said, I don't know if I can. This is Helen, isn't it? I don't know if I can answer you. I don't know if I can talk to you, she said. I started to speak again and she hung up. I resumed praying for her. God, she sounded like such a tormented soul. Help her, Father, and help me to understand and to help her. I waited and waited, praying for her to call again. Eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, one o'clock. I finally went to bed, and as I lay there dozing in my mind, I kept praying, God, Father God, please have her call again. I know so little about Sunshine's death. I fell asleep, and the phone rang again at 2.30. I ran and picked it up. Hello, please. Please don't hang up. Hello. And after a long silence, 
Sunshine's mother? Question mark. Yes, Helen. Don't hang up. Please talk with me. He'll kill me, you know. Who, Helen? Who will kill you? James. He already tried. He'll kill me for talking, for talking to you. I made the confession, but I don't know why. I do, Helen. I know why. Why? Because I prayed for you, too. You prayed? Huh, she snorted. Your God has no control over me. She was bitterly scornful. If my God has no control over you, then why did you confess? Why are you talking to me now? It's the stupid demons, you see. It's got them all. Just you shut up and listen, she snapped. I knew I had made her angry, and I didn't want her to hang up again, so I said, Okay, Helen, I'll listen. Go ahead. I guess you want to know why we murdered Sunshine. Yes, Helen, I would like to know. It would help me so much to understand. I don't think she cares about that. Uh, She paused a long time. You wouldn't understand it if I told you, she said contemptuously. I felt she was trying to provoke me, but this was too important for me to let her get the better of me now. Well, maybe not, Helen, but I'd like to try. I just need to know why. Why, Sunshine? Please tell me. There was another long silence, and then, in a very arrogant tone, she said, We ran the ad to attract girls like her. We chose her from the beginning. Chose her for what, Helen? What are you talking about? You ignorant, blankety-blank Christians, you have no idea what's going on, do you? You live in your own little blankety-blank dream world. Well, Helen, why don't you inform me? I already had a good idea of what she was talking about, but I wanted to hear her say it in her own words. What, Helen, what do us ignorant Christians have no idea about? We do what is necessary, you understand? No, I don't, Helen. Explain it to me. I'm a witch. My mother and grandmother were witches. We do whatever is necessary. You understand? Helen, please explain to me why it was necessary to murder Sunshine. Where does she fit into all of this? I was pushing her. I wanted to hear her confirm what I had suspected from the moment I saw Sunshine in the casket. Sunshine told me all I needed to know when I interviewed her for employment, Helen sneered. What's that, Helen? Well, she said, I'm a Christian. I won't do anything that will hurt my walk with God.
Of course, I'd heard Sunshine say this often. Explain more, Helen, please, she said. It's time you all knew you're losers, she said. She then went on to tell me every detail of the evening they murdered Sunshine. She told me how and why and when and where. There was no guilt or remorse in her explanation. On the contrary, she was bragging about what she had done. So these are far, far gone people. Not that they can't be saved. Amen. I regret that I didn't have more of a spiritual impact on her. I tried. I sincerely wanted to lead her to Christ, but she would have absolutely none of it. Her last statement was, The police will never get us. You'll see. You'll see. Well, it's true. They won't because they did their homework. They did what Satanists do. So you have to go to God. That's why the angels spoke to us and said, we can do a better job than the police. And it's true. I mean, um, they know everything that's happening. uh, Everything. Uh, They can tell you. And I've been told by angels quite a few things, especially recently. Quite a few things. In fact, I have regular talks with angels now. And they're good angels. (laughs) Okay. We call this protection in ignorance. And this is anonymous. Uh, It's from 2020. A few months after I started following Jesus, my husband and I were visiting my hometown, and I didn't know it at the time as I hadn't been walking with the Lord for long But demons kept giving me all types of thoughts and feelings to go visit my private Catholic elementary school on our way out of town. Catholicism is steeped in Satanism. They do their best to hide it, but it's all there. I was raised Catholic. And they make sure you don't find out anything about salvation. They make sure. The enemy tries everything to lead us astray, she said, uh, Mark 13 and 5. And Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one deceive you. Out of ignorance of spiritual knowledge and the devil's tricks, we went to visit the school at nighttime. Uh, uh, That's not a good idea. And the school was in a secluded area. That's what they usually do. And there weren't houses anywhere close, and it was so dark. Oh, yeah. My whole life had nightmares about trying to leave this school at home time. At home time. But I couldn't run quick enough and got late at night, and I was still trying to leave. And also, after this experience, I remembered that So many times in my childhood where I almost went to this school alone at nighttime with friends, but it never ended up happening. Why? What was going on there? Hmm. So we got out of the car, and it was dark, 
and we walked inside to a main area in the school, and there was barely any light. It, it's Darkness is one of the symbols of Satanism, obviously, and they, they want to hide from everything. They don't want people to be able to see them good, and so on and so forth. It felt like uh, we were being watched in the physical the whole time when we were walking around. We went to a part of the school where I had spent many years and much time. I saw a person in the physical standing from a distance, and I saw them teleport to the left and then run to the right and move around so fast it was completely supernatural, but in the physical. Satanists can do crazy manifestations by those demons. Uh, In the physical, with their witchcraft, they said. I also saw another human shapeshift into a crow. Yes, this is common too. And then they flew around us making loud, creepy bird noises. The presence of fear and evil was so strong in this place, and there were Multiple people gathered here, all doing creepy, weird manifestations. We felt them all staring at us with extreme hatred. They recognize your spirit. Uh, Like the factious recognize your spirit. My husband heard a loud growling noise and then said for us to go. We didn't know of real spiritual warfare or deliverance at this time. The enemy will try all methods to isolate anyone uh, in order to devour them. 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober, watch the devil your adversary, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking to gulp down, to devour you, right? We turned to walk away, and then this bright purple light, sort of the shape of a human, appeared from the distance, and we still aren't 100% sure what it was. We think it was either a holy angel protecting us or a false light trying to distract us to stay. Matthew eighteen ten through 14 See that you despise not one of these little ones, For I say unto you that their angels in the heavens see at all times the face of my Father who is in the heavens. How think ye if any man come to have a hundred sheep and one of them go astray, will he not leave the ninety and nine on the mountains and go and seek that which was goeth astray? And if he come to find it, amen, I say unto you, that he rejoiceth over it more than over the ninety and nine which have not gone astray. Thus it is not a thing willed before my Father who is in the heavens that one of these little ones perish. We left and were safe, praise God. It was later revealed to us that it was a coven of Satanists gathering, and that the Lord had many holy angels around us protecting us, even though we were on the enemy's territory. We prayed for angels to be in our last meeting, our Friday meeting, because of the Satanists who watch it and uh, look for advantages to send something to somebody. Okay, 
So we prayed that the angels would be there and would be over there with them too, restraining them, and the house was full of angels. I had a dream not long later where I saw that it was the Satanist's intention to kill us. But praise God that he protected us even in our ignorance. James 1 and 16, Be not deceived, my beloved brethren. Okay, some have lost their place in God. Let me tell you how people end up in that place. You might be surprised. This is anonymous. I dreamed I was taking a walk and came upon a beautiful forest. The beauty of this forest was breathtaking. I just had to walk through this forest. What caught my attention was all the trees were beautiful. There wasn't an ugly tree in this forest. As I got into the middle of the forest, there stood an even more beautiful tree. And I looked at my watch and saw that I needed to get home for dinner. So I left. But I decided I would return to this forest the next morning. I got up the next morning and went back into the forest to once again see the beautiful tree in the middle of the forest. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. It appeared this most beautiful tree had moved left of where it was the day before, but it, I wasn't sure. Just a little, let me say, just a little compromising of the word leads to worse, and then you can be gone. Satan was once beautiful in the garden of God. The goats Move to the left, the stubborn, self-willed people who don't want to submit to God keep moving to the left, little by little, but they do. And pretty soon, they're gone. And uh, the goats move to the left, according to Jesus, and goats represent stubborn self-will. If you don't want to lose your life, you're wasting your time in church. And the time, in the time of this dream, we were watching some people move to the left, away from God, towards unforgiveness, bitterness, criticism, and faction. And I've heard from others of uh, the world that this is happening there too, right now. It is the separation Jesus spoke of between the sheep and the goats. So I looked around, and I found a nice-sized rock, and I placed it by the tree, and then I went home. The next day, I returned back to the beautiful forest to check on this most beautiful tree. Sure enough, the tree had moved a few more feet to the left. I couldn't help but wonder what was going on with this tree. Well, trees are people, aren't they, in the Scriptures, right? Once again, I found a rock and put it by the tree and left. This went on and on until this beautiful tree was completely outside the boundaries of the forest. Yes, I've seen them. I've seen them uh, look at you strangely. I've even heard demons talk out of them and say, do you think he knows we're in here? And I spoke back to him. I said, yes, I know you're in there. 
And this person was moving towards the back door and ultimately made it there a few more meetings later. Uh, but they kept moving their seat back, 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 or off to the side, away from the, everybody else, you know. And then they were gone. There's a literal separation happening in their mind. So this time they went outside the boundaries of the forest. I remember being sad for this tree. Also, I observed this tree wasn't the most beautiful anymore. It looked like any other tree you would see in the world. So I went home very sad. And the next day I decided to go back and look at the once beautiful tree to see if there had been a change. My heart just sank when I saw that once beautiful tree, it had completely withered. I went and got some water from a place that I knew that was pure water. I put the pure water. That's the Word of God. You can try with the Word of God, but I can tell you they'll come to the place that they won't listen. I put the pure water on that tree for many days, but it didn't help. And that's the true water of the Word. It has no effect on them anymore because there's no repentance. And if this could happen to a once beautiful tree, how much faster could it happen to a not-so-beautiful tree? Quite often, it's the not-so-beautiful tree that draws the beautiful tree away from the kingdom. And I believe that that was Kevin. And then I woke up. This tree was once most beautiful, and it died a slow and progressive death and lost its place in the forest because it wasn't beautiful anymore. I noticed it wasn't pushed out. It progressively moved further to the left, away from God. The offended can't blame anyone for their unforgiveness. It's they who choose to separate. It's a matter of sowing and reaping what has been sown. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. Back to our parable here. Our tongue can give life or it can give death. If we're not walking in holiness before the Lord, what happened to this most beautiful tree can happen to us. And we won't look so beautiful before the Lord. I have a very unsettling feeling in my spirit for the factious. I strongly believe the Lord is shouting at them to repent, and He is not going to give them a lot of time and will uh, possibly reprobate some. I pray for their speedy repentance. Yes, many have run out of time. Here's a revelation given to Heather again. Uh, Kevin kills Eve and her sisters. 4, 26, 20. It was dark outside, and I was inside a mall with my three girls and friend Petronique. All the shelves were empty, and there was only one store open, J.C. Penney. People were rushing to buy things. Well, everything's going this way now. Obviously, uh, things are becoming more and more scarce. My friend laid sleeping bags down for my girls to sleep on the floor that was close to the door. I felt really thirsty. I told her that I was 
going to walk across the street to the Perkins restaurant and get some water. She looked at me and said, Okay, but be careful. What was that meaning? I don't know. I told her I would. I started walking, and the only light I could see was a street lamp on the right side of the building. There was a woman on the side of the hill behind the restaurant smoking a cigarette. Well, let me say that this is what she was to be careful of. The faction imparted by slander and witchcraft uh, and smoking represents partaking of an unclean breath, representing evil spirits, because breath and spirit is the same word. Uh, and this was Eve and uh, and her sisters who received from Kevin. She saw me and started to walk down. She was on the heavier side and had uh, red hair. Well, Eve uh, is dumbed down by their demons and full of fleshly desires uh, put in her by Kevin. Kevin has always had lust and fornication as long as I've known him. He was never a beautiful tree. i got to tell you. So in her right mind, Eve would never desire Kevin for she knew the great evil perversion of this man. Her sin was to go after her boys, uh, who her husband, who was the partner, quote-unquote, of Kevin, um, and had the same demons. Contrary to God and my commands to her, she did this, and that's what got her in trouble. Okay, we went inside the restaurant, and it wasn't decorated like a traditional Perkins. It was smaller and was decorated with all old wood. And I asked her for some water, and she seemed really annoyed. Well, the factious spirits are annoyed with UBM people and the water of the Word. Okay, she said, wait here. And she went up these narrow stairs to the right, and I followed close behind her. She began to panic as she noticed the white stand-up freezer to the right was completely emptied of the meat it was stocked with. Well, this represents the righteous truth that should be preserved in a person's life. But it was leaving her. I've had them complain to me. Everything they learned at UBM had left them. She lost the spiritual meat of the Word and the ability to do the will of the Father when she was deceived by Kevin's faction. She forgot about Cindy, her friend, who was seduced into being a rib wife for the lusts of Doug Perry and left her husband and children to brainlessly be one of several wives in that cult. This man knows, Kevin. They are kindred spirits. They have transferred their slander against me back and forth. And I want him to know, you're in trouble because of what's coming. Okay, the left freezer was still fully stocked. Well, it's a left freezer, What you know. But, but the meat has to be something different, right? The leftist factious spirits and slander and hatred had replaced the truth. 
She looked at me, and I knew her thoughts without her saying anything. She was thinking that I distracted her and set her up for someone to steal the meat out. So, so wait a minute. She has Kevin's demons injected into her by him, and they always blame the righteous for their own sins. Always. She was like, no, no, my boss, that's Kevin, is going to kill me for this. Actually, that's what it is all about. He killed her by taking this from her, as we will see. There was a door that was open to the left that had a small glass window in it. I peeked my head out and looked to see a long metal grate staircase. I then saw a heavy set man that was wearing a bright orange vest. Well, Kevin is very heavy, twice as heavy as the last time I saw him a year and a half ago. And the orange represents your life is in danger from what is in his heart. It was a vest, right? He began to walk up the stairs to get the rest of the meat. He was whistling, and I felt the most evil presence from him, one I've never felt before. Well, Kevin is her boss and is totally Satanist. He stole the spiritual meat and was going back for more. Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. They can't do that. And she can't do that. The meat also is the solid food of Scripture that is for spiritual grown-ups. All of the faction had this meat stolen by slander, witchcraft, and faction spirits. They forgot everything they learned from UBM. They died to God. I put my head back in, and the woman said, Hide! So I hid behind the door. She saw him coming up the steps, right? Well, does she have enough heart left in her to warn this woman? That's what I saw there. I saw him walk up, uh, and the woman said, that's Eve, said, Hey, you can't be in here. Uh, meaning he's not supposed to be in her heart, in her life, doing those kinds of things. Well, he, by witchcraft and slander, entered her soul and stole her meat. He was suddenly behind her and stabbed her several times in the neck and killed her. Well, he stole her meat and spiritually killed Eve. I was then asking God what I should do. Should I rebuke him? She's hiding behind the door, right? What should I do? I then woke up in the natural briefly and was so disturbed, but God took me right back to the, the dream in the same spot where I left off. I rose up, pointed my finger at the man and said, God kill that man. He dropped dead immediately. Well, in this case, a spoken word from the Lord could give Kevin over to death for the murder of many like Eve and some physical deaths who were witnesses 
He liked to kill witnesses physically. And then the elect will be set free from his principality and their captivity will be over. That principality is one of Satan's angels that is cast down out of heaven. Yeah. Um, the apostle got such a word for Ananias and Sapphira, and they died for far less than Kevin's murders and rapes have done. You understand? At any time that God decides, and He will decide. What Kevin did to Eve and sisters. This is Heather 2, 110.23. It was nighttime, and I was riding in a bus with a bunch of teenagers on this narrow, mountainous road. I felt like I was my teenage self as well as while on the bus. We were going to some camp-like place. Uh, well, I believe that this represents a wilderness situation, an opportunity for teenagers to exercise faith and obedience for God to supply His benefits. We arrived there, and I was then my current age. Well, the wilderness is a place one can grow up fast, for there is no means of self-sustainability there, forcing a person to trust and obey God. Some people have to be forced into that. Much of the church hasn't been forced into that. Okay, I said I needed to use the bathroom, and I go in and I lock the door behind me for privacy. I walk slowly looking through the cracks of the stainless steel stalls, and I get to the very end one, and I see a woman using the restroom, and I knew it was Eve Brast. She looked at me and said, what are you doing here? Well, some insight into Eve's situation at that point. Obviously, they ran into the faction. But at least Eve is getting rid of some waste that is not needed in the body. We know she and those like her will make it. I then walked slowly back to the door to leave uh, and I unlocked it. Second Thessalonians 3 and 14 says, And if any man obeyeth not our word by this epistle, note that man that you have no company with him to the end that he may be ashamed. If you don't obey this, you will get captured by the Satanists. Ephesians 5, 11 and 12. And they particularly point at young, pretty women. That's what they love to do. Ephesians 5, 11 and 12. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even reprove them. For the things which are done by them in secret is a shame even to speak of. There were a bunch of ladies waiting in line. Danger. <laughs> I knew I wanted to go out on the dock to get to the water, but I had to go through this room where people were gathered, and it was decorated in all wood, representing dead trees, which represent dead people in the Word. A man was at the podium and said, And this award goes to Eve Brast. Kevin always wanted a position of authority, even if it was over Satan's people. So this is him. 
She was sitting in the back and shot right up. She had short, loosely curled blonde hair, which she doesn't. She has red hair. So this is faking submission to the sun, S-U-N-S-O-N. We know what it does to hair. It bleaches it blonde, right? A fake bride is what this represents. Um, he's still trying to make her believe she is one. Uh, and I believe she will be one, but when she gets escapes. If a Satanist like Kevin rewards you, it is for pleasing his flesh to do evil. That's all he's interested in. She was wearing a two-piece white outfit with her belly fat hanging out. The flesh is still there at this point in the dream, but we believe it is passing away. They will be free soon. She dines with Kevin regularly, and he got huge from no restraint for food, just like his sex life. And he took her to eat what she likes the most, which is Mexican food. She slowly ran up to the podium with her arms flared up like a prissy girl. I walked out to the dock, and the moon was shining bright on the water. I knew I was going to search the bottom to see what my husband had down there. <laughs> well, the sun is shining brightly. It enables us to see things like that. The light of the sun reflected into the water of the Word will reveal much. The water of the Word. The moon glory represents death to self and sixty-fold fruit. The water looked completely still, but when I got in, it was flowing quickly. Uh, I believe this is called living water in the Old Testament. If it's flowing, it was called living my husband, representing Jesus, I believe, was then in the water with me, where the light was in the Word, right? I told him I needed oxygen, thinking it would be deep. Well, oxygen is life to the body, as the Spirit is life to the soul. Breath and Spirit are often the same word in Scripture. He handed me the small oxygen tubes that they use in the hospital and I thought, how the heck is this going to help me? I grabbed it anyway. I went down thinking I would find something, but it was shallow, and there was just sand there. Well, the sand on the seashore represents Abraham's seed, and they are under the water, and the water represents death to the old man, like baptism, right? I got up out of the water and just hugged him, Yep, coming up out of the water is resurrection life. Then a clear condom goes floating by us, and I thought, what the heck is that doing here? Well, it's at the same building. Kevin's sin has always polluted the waters of the seed of Abraham, but God drove him from us through faction. And that's because he was total leaven. He was not a beautiful tree as long as I have known him, but he drew away some beautiful trees. His days of polluting us are almost up. I have prayed for him to repent, but always get the same answer. In one dream, he was killed trying to kill us. And in another, he was witnessed to go to hell 
when he died, they saw him go to hell. Kevin just got caught stalking one of our women in her phone. Then he sent emails from her to insult her friends. He then sent me a nasty message from there. (laughs) And it was all because I had sent out, uh, and it was in her phone, this warning of everybody to uh, bind the demons. And he did not like it. He sent me frowny faces. Ooh. A woman who never did anything to him and served her fellow man sacrificially. That's this woman. And here's uh, Eve resurrected. Heather 2, 629-21. I was in a two-story house with my husband in a tiny room, and it was nighttime. We were sitting down on a daybed couch. There was a little boy in a crib to the right. I believe this is representing her fruit of Jesus in you. I felt a very evil presence in the room. There were two smaller closets to the right that were completely pitch, uh, pitch black. Excuse me. I then saw a little puppy that had a collar with a green light on it. The puppies are small dogs, capable of being big dogs. <laughs> and are not supposed to be among the righteous, right? Okay. He started to go into the room, and I said, No, puppy, don't go in there. It was dark, right? It yelped and came out. The light on his collar then turned red, and he became vicious. In other words, he went into the darkness of faction, which is vicious towards the saints and their own families and their own families. He lunged in my husband's face and almost bit him. The baby boy began to cry, uh, the fruit being anguished over the evil, right? Suddenly there was a tall man with a long trench coat facing away from us. He picked up the baby, laid him across his arm, and snapped his neck. Kevin is Antichrist, which hates baby boy, representing the fruit of Jesus in us, and will kill that if one disobeys the warnings of Scripture to forgive from the heart and to avoid the factious. I was then outside, and there was the biggest moon I've ever seen shining upon this woman. (laughs) Ah. The, the reflected light of the sun, S-O-N, shining its glory on Eve. The woman was slender with long, red, soft, wavy hair. There's that red, soft, wavy hair again. She was wearing a white lace dress. Though this is Eve in a wedding dress, meaning she will be in the bride as many dreams have shown. There was a bunch of zombie-like people. The faction are the walking dead, seeking who they can kill to be like them. And when they bite you, you become like them. They had the same red light collars on as the dog ravaging around. 
They're vicious murderers, that's why. One came up to me and bit down as hard as he could on my right hand, but could not penetrate through the skin, so he went away. I then looked at her and asked her how she was being protected. She looked up at the moon and said, I have a special protection. Quote, unquote. So the moon only reflects the light of the sun. It does have its own glory and represents a death to self. Excuse me, it doesn't have its own glory. The moon only reflects the light of the sun. And it, it represents death to self. So this is protection. If you don't have any self, the evil one cometh, but he hath nothing in me, Jesus said. Right? So this is protection. Righteousness delivereth from death, the Bible says. Proverbs 29 and 16. Then the wicked are increased. Transgression increaseth, but the righteous shall look upon their fall. And when they fall like Judas, everyone knows who the wicked were, right? Proverbs 17 and 4. An evildoer giveth heed to wicked lips. Who listens to a factious person? An evildoer. And a liar giveth ear to a mischievous tongue. So the wicked are the ones who believe the slandering faction, and they are cleansed from the body. They flee as soon as it happens. The righteous will stand the test and grow stronger with more fruit. Here's a, uh, a word, uh, Zoe, Asageda, 8.19.23. Um, and this is mom here, Winnie, saying, The past couple to few days I have been greatly under attack and have been fighting and have felt a bit weak from the warfare. The attacks were very intense, mental attacks that I was not in agreement with. And I believe it was definitely faction, witchcraft, sent to me and or the body because things that normally wouldn't bother me were magnified in my mind. At this point, I knew it was oppressive demons and not just temptations of the flesh. I felt like the enemy was trying to kill me and make me fall away. So I asked the Lord if there was witchcraft being sent against me to to uh, show me. And then Zoe woke up from the following dream that very morning. I had a dream that Lana told me that she was having a sleepover, and she invited me to come. I wanted uh, my mom to come too, and so my mom came to the sleepover as well. And when it was dark, we went outside to look at the stars in the sky, and I saw a lighthouse constellation. I said, look, look, it's a lighthouse. I was very excited because I had never seen that before. Well, a lighthouse is a guide to cause ships to avoid death on the rocks, right? After looking at the stars and constellations, it was time to go to bed. So we all slept together in Theo and Lana's bed. And while we were all asleep in bed, I had a dream that there were several ninjas dressed in all black with red ties. Black and red. 
on the back of their heads, chasing and attacking my mom. Well, these are the colors of anarchy. All Satanists, and especially factious people, are in anarchy. They are in rebellion against authority. They can obey no authority from God or from man. They will not because they willfully break all laws of God and man. I knew these ninjas were demonic and trying to kill my mom. The ninjas had small swords in their hands, and they were trying to slash my mom, until finally one got her and killed her. Then I woke up from the dream. Of course, sometimes dreams are warnings, so that you know you have to fight this, you know, and... uh so then I woke up from the dream. In the dream, I saw that my mom was still still lying there in the bed with us asleep. And then I really woke up. End of the dream. And my mom received by faith at random Psalm 72 and 4. He will judge the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy and will break in pieces the oppressor. Okay, Anonymous sent this in August 18th, 2023. During the morning prayer meeting, I was asking Father if he could grant Kevin repentance to be like Paul. Yeah, I've done that too, to see if he would be like a Paul. I then said to Father, because he's going to hell in a handbasket. And after I said that, I had an open vision of a round black wicker handbasket that had a handle going across it. A black string was tied to the basket, and I saw a demon lowering the basket by the black string into a fiery hell below. I knew Kevin was in the handbasket. I then saw the arm of the Lord. He had black scissors in his hand, and the Lord cut the black rope that was attached to the basket and the basket descended faster into the fiery hell. Well, we've had this happen too. I had it. I asked the Lord about Kevin and Eddie and put my finger on. I have rejected them. And it is, of course, um, a sign of reprobation. Well, we always wish for the best for people. And um, the Lord, uh, once the Lord tells you, that they have been reprobated. There's nothing you can do. And uh, so, Father, we just um, we thank you, Lord, that uh, the deliverance from these fiendish people is very clear and very near. And we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water made me your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. Oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in Shining rays of red and white 